Have you ever hit that sweet spot where everything's going right, doors open, and opportunities magically appear? That is what Golden Alignment is all about. Dr. Beth Golden loves to play in that golden space and teach others how to get there and stay there. Get ready to listen, share, and experience what Golden Alignment in life can look like for you. Now, here is the host of Golden Alignment, author, speaker, and coach, Dr. Beth Golden. Hello, and welcome to my radio show, Golden Alignment. I am Dr. Beth Golden, and my guest today is Sosama Samuel Burnett. And Sosama is the founder and president of Global Justice, which is a nonprofit organization that informs, impacts, and inspires the generations to learn, lead, and do justice together. For most of her career, Sosama has served as a human rights advocate, policy professional, and educator. She served for nearly a decade as founder and chair of the Public Policy Department, and also founder and executive director of the Public Policy Institute, both at William Jessup University in Rockland, California. Um, Global Justice also provides news, commentary, advocacy updates, events, research courses, and other programs to engage the local, national, and international community for justice worldwide. They also promote advocacy organizations and educational institutions that are pursuing justice by sharing their updates, progress, and advocacy opportunities with students, professionals, and the community. Global promotes and creates collaborative opportunities across generations, sectors, and regions to establish a movement for justice around the globe. Well, welcome, Sosima. How are you today? I'm great, Beth. Thanks so much for having me on the show. Absolutely. Now, that is a mouthful. <laughs> You have done it many is. things. <laughs> I uh, have the pleasure of being able to rub shoulders with Sosima and have um, enjoy her friendship and have seen her in action. And I kind of chuckled to myself because with all her accolades, you look younger than the ability to have owned all those things. So <laughs> good on you for that. <laughs> Well, thank yeah. you, Beth. That's very kind. <laughs> I noticed yeah. my gray hairs and wrinkles, however. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> it's all all part of the process. Well, so Sama, this is a lot of information. Can you just kind of distill, you know, what why global justice? You have a background. Um, Sosama is an attorney and a teacher. And life always morphs, and our golden alignments always change. So can you kind of give us a little bit of your background? Oh, sure. You know, I'll have to go back a little bit further than global to help sort of understand the framework for it. You know, I am um, an immigrant. I, my story is really a kind of a classic immigrant story. I was born in India in a state called Kerala in the south. And um, when I was just two years old, my dad, who had had a lifelong dream of going to America, fulfilled his dream by coming here to study 
And then two years later, when he finished his uh, master's degrees, he uh, brought my mom and my brother and I at that point to uh, to not first U.S., but to Canada. And we spent about six years there and then ultimately came to uh, the United States by way of Minnesota. And so Minnesota, in many ways, is my home. And I share that story because it's important, I think, for us to understand global, um, not just from an international perspective, but also from this perspective of, of what this is about here in the United States. And so um, when we grew up in Minnesota, we had a wonderful experience. I had you know, great friends, great opportunities, um, had a chance to achieve in some different ways, and then that led me to Georgetown University. And Georgetown was, as you know, a very international place located in Washington, D.C., and it really did solidify for me my interest in international issues, international human rights. Um, from there, I worked for about three years in different uh, types of sectors in public relations and law, um, both in Washington, D.C. and also in San Francisco, and then ultimately went back to Minnesota for law school. And by way of a number of different events, uh, the law school there had an emphasis on international human rights. And there I met a wonderful man who became a, a tremendous mentor to me in this human rights field. He had worked with the United Nations and opened some opportunities for me with the United Nations. I, I was a fellow there after law school. And it was just a wonderful way to learn about the world on, on a broader scale. And um, I had a chance to do some things from a very young age, uh, interacting with people who are leading on various fronts internationally, and then went on to become a director in a number of different human rights organizations, um, working on issues in different regions, such as in Mexico and in the Middle East. But then I also had a chance to work on a wide range of human rights concerns and really got a cross-section of those concerns. Um, then, ultimately, um, I met my husband. <laughs> And when you talk about golden alignment, uh, he is a very um, special part of my story. And uh, my husband and I uh, shifted our whole world to California, and I'll kind of fast forward through all that. We spent about 12 years there in California, and as you mentioned, I was an educator there and had a chance to start and um, be part of a, a really unique program there and uh, had this great experience working with students and sharing really my advocacy passion with these students but uh, helping them to find their passions. And then um, more recently, uh, I had a chance to do another shift in my life where uh, I was led to Colorado, and we'll talk more about that, I think, a little bit later. Um, but that is kind of a little bit of the background that led to this place and space. Well, I love it because I know Sosama is condensing this, which we'll, we'll pull out pieces of this to discuss further. Um, so. I live in Colorado, and that is where I met Sosama, and you know, life-changing as being married and a mother and being able to fill in the gaps for her family. I'll, I'll let you share what your husband does and, and how this all, all the moving parts work, because <laughs> there's lots of moving parts. <laughs> there are many. Yes, and Sosama does a great job juggling everything. Um, so... Tell us a little bit about that, and then we're going to kind of jump to what you just did in D.C., and we're going to move around and ask questions as they arise. Okay. Sounds great. Well, you know, here in Colorado, this is an absolutely wonderful place. You know, I live in Loveland, and so we talk about Loveland being just this ideal community. Um, you know, Colorado is beautiful and wonderful, but what drew us here was something a little bit different. Um, my context in California was very involved, and we were very engaged, wonderful friends, wonderful work, but I really felt this longing, this need for a, a change for my family. Um, I had three children, as you mentioned. I have a son and, and twin daughters. 
and they were young and it was at a point where I really knew that they needed more of my time and I just, you know, I can't explain to you why, but I just felt this uh, need for a change and then all of a sudden in that mix, my husband who's a pilot, he flies for um, an airline and he previously was in the military and we had had a lot of military friends and all that, but we had several also here in Colorado. And ultimately, what happened was he had an opportunity to shift his base from California here to Denver, and that's what uh, brought us here. And we literally had a one-week turnaround where we sold a home, oh bought a home, God. and found out that we were moving. <laughs> it was very in dramatic. So it wasn't part of <laughs> in one week. Oh. So it was a very dramatic, you know, a bunch of decisions that had to be made in that short period of time. And like I said, as much as I love Colorado and this environment, we, we hadn't had a plan to be here. It just happened. And then when we arrived here, um, in a sense, I got an explanation of why everything moved so fast. Um, It was an intense few weeks for us to button up 12 years of life in California and get here. But once we got here, a week later, we found out that my husband had a very serious uh, health concern. And we didn't know that at the time when all these decisions were being made. But once we found that out, it became very clear for us that we were supposed to be here in Colorado and everything that he needed in terms of medical attention and care was here in this environment. And it gave me some time to really focus my attention on the priorities of life. You know, I I knew that my job at that time was to hold down this fort that is my family and to make sure that my kids were doing great because they were in a new environment, new schools, and to just be alongside my husband as he was healing and to make sure that we had a direction for our lives, you know, post post-health crisis. So that's kind of the, the lay of the land here uh, prior to when we started Global. It gave me some time, really. As much as it was a very hectic time, uh, it was a beautiful time of closeness with my family, but it gave me time to think and reflect and realign myself to where the next steps were going to be for me. And so I prayed a lot, I thought a lot, and this idea of Global was really birthed in the context that was this whirlwind of, of activity in my family. Wow. Wow. Now, see, I hadn't, I've heard parts of that story, but I didn't realize that it was birthed through that. So share with us, um, Global is an, an acronym, so share with us what mm-hmm. that stands for. And, um, you know, what kind of download did you get to, I know you have this background and you had all these experiences, so kind of, was it a hit? Did you get the whole thing all at once? <laughs> Uh, it, you know, it's a process, of course, as you well know from you know doing different kinds of work yourself. It happened in the in the context of that year, and like I said, I I prayed and I had some time to reflect and think, and I knew that I had this sort of toolbox of, of different opportunities and experiences in my background. I'm an, an international human rights lawyer. I had a chance to do advocacy for many years. I was an educator, was a professor for many years. I am a mom. I'm a wife. I, I'm all these things, and I just thought, well, what what am I to do with this now? And I knew I wanted to do something a little bit different than before. But during that year, that year of healing, I had a chance to really uh, think about what, what that would look like to fuse all this together. And so pieces and parts of this idea started to come out. And you had asked, you know, about the acronym. Well, the acronym is kind of a mouthful also, but it's uh, global stands for <laughs> Geopolitical Learning Opportunities for Biblical Advocacy and Leadership. And if you break down those words, it really is a, a chance to see this fusion that I'm talking about come to life. You know, my background is in geopolitical types of issues. Um, I am a faith-based person, so it has an element of that. Um, it also focuses on this advocacy and leadership components that were so much of my work. 
And we use a lot of imagery um, of mountains, and you probably have seen it, Beth, in some of our materials. Yes. That's partly because, you know, we're based here in Colorado, but the other reason was that it was um, the mountains that gave my husband great inspiration to overcome his health concerns. He's a mountain man himself. And so when I was thinking about his personal uh, challenge of, you know, sort of climbing that mountain and uh, and getting these experiences um I also started thinking about it in the broader context of human rights and that, in a sense, these mountains are a representative of our human rights challenges as well, that we have to climb and we have to prepare for those climbs and we have to overcome. And that became a really wonderful visual for us, for Global. And so a year later, um, and this is kind of a great story, I guess, but a year later, on September 18th, my husband was um, given a, a full, clean bill of health. And so we decided to go climb a mountain. And so we climbed a mountain. And so the next day on September 19th, standing on top of this mountain, sort of celebrating this good health, I had my phone with me. And in that year of work, had a chance to then hit send, and, and Global was fully launched. Oh, my gosh, while you're on top of the mountain. It's the mountaintop experience. <laughs> that is it is, so all the cool. way through and through. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Well, I tell you what, we are going to break for our first commercial. Um, I am Dr. Beth Golden, and my show is Golden Alignment. I am an inspirational speaker and coach, and I help people who are struggling with some of those big changes and need support. My guest today is Sosama Samuel Burnett, who is the founder of Global and Global Justice. And we will continue her story on the other side and get into the work that Global is doing and advocating for. So we will see you in just a few short moments. Do you want to create change in your life based on your values? Do you want to love this experience we call life because you are living in alignment with your soul's calling? Do you want to expand your relationship with abundance and move from surviving to thriving? By tuning into Inspired Choices Radio Show, Golden Alignment with Dr. Beth Golden, you'll receive tools and inspiration you can use to do just that. You'll be amazed by your golden health, wealth, love, and magical opportunities. Listen for the Golden Alignment Radio Show every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 1 p.m. Central, 12 p.m. Mountain, and 11 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Welcome back to the Inspired Choices Radio Show, Golden Alignment, with Dr. Beth Golden. To participate in this program, please call U.S. 815-880-8255, Canada 613-800-8736, or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You may also choose to comment by email by going to www.drbethgolden.com. Now back to Golden Alignment with Dr. Beth Golden. Welcome back to Golden Alignment with myself, uh, Beth Golden. My guest today is Sosima Samuel Barnett, who is the founder and CEO of Global Justice. And prior to the break, uh, Sosima was sharing how Global Justice came to be, and it was uh, a melting pot of her entire background, of course, with um, human rights advocacy and being able to infuse it with her faith-based philosophies and 
One thing that I find, um, and it took me a little bit to kind of grab a hold of with Global, when you talk about advocacy and justice, to me, it I see kind of a warrior and, you know, people charging ahead. And yet, Global connects people and connects programs and understands that change can take time and change can also move very quickly, as Sosama was saying about her personal life. So can you share or help clarify, because you you have shared with groups previously about women's rights globally, um, sex trafficking, um, women in third world countries who are getting microloans and how we can support. So can you give us the overview of how you support because you're not just doing one Absolutely. thing and supporting one program. Certainly. So Global is distinctive in, on a couple levels. One is we are a platform. Um, as a platform, we're there to inform the broader public about a wide variety of justice issues. So in that sense, we're not a single issue type of entity. A lot of organizations focus on a particular topic, let's say human trafficking or poverty. We want to look at all of that, and you know that makes it difficult, you know, because you know it's difficult to spread your time across so many different issues. But the reason we do is because underneath those issues are what we call underlying factors, political, economic, and social. And when I was starting Global, what I realized, and especially coming from the advocacy community, is that there's so many wonderful advocacy organizations in our world doing great work. They are the warriors, you know, out there on the front lines. But there aren't any organizations that are really in a, equipping and helping and supporting them to do their work and to do it more effectively. So what I realized is that Global could do those two things. One is we could provide that platform that I mentioned so that more of the community could have a higher awareness of what goes on with this you know, issue of justice. And that awareness can help support these organizations. And so we also feature organizations and help them get more opportunities and more reach uh, with their message and with their work. Um, we come alongside educational institutions um, so that we can help them prepare the next generation. And so with that, I guess mm -hmm. I should note that there's some key factors about Global that uh, I think you know everyone would want to know. One is that we work very cross-generationally. So this isn't just seasoned advocacy leaders. It's people that are studying and it's people who are professionals in a wide variety of fields and different levels. We want everyone to come along the table because everyone has something to offer. If you're a seasoned leader, you can really help an emerging leader but the emerging leader can also offer you something as a season leader. So that exchange is part of what we're all about. We create opportunities for people to have that kind of cross-generational dialogue. In addition, we're cross-sectoral, and what we mean by that is, you know, I'm a lawyer and I'm an educator, so I certainly have a lot of folks that I know in those circles. But we want to make everyone engaged in justice. So that means if you are someone working in business, or if you're working in the arts, uh, if you're a techie, <laughs> whatever your background may be, we want people stepping forward using their skills and abilities for the pursuit of justice. And so similar to what we talked about cross-generationally, we create opportunities to go across generations um, and across sectors, you know, bringing people into these different fields together. 
And then finally, um, as you mentioned earlier, we're faith-based. I'm a Christian. We believe in uh, biblical principles, but we work broadly, you know, um, in a sense that we want to bring all sorts of people who are justice-oriented together. So whether you're a Christian or not, whether you have any religious perspective or not, it doesn't prohibit people from working together. And so we want to also create opportunities for that engagement, uh, wide cross-sections of our community to find common ground. Uh, as you know, you know, just from seeing the news and hearing the radio programs, there's so much uh, discontent and so much strife and so much conflict among people in the way that they, you know, interrelate. So we want to create opportunities for the opposite, where people can relate, where people can actually find uh, things that they can commonly agree on, and uh, and even if they don't agree, to have civil discourse on it. Mm-hmm. Well, I love that. Can you share? I mean, how do you how do you go about that? I, I know that you're traveling a lot. I know that you were just mm-hmm. in D.C. So how do you like how does a, an issue come up? Because there are a lot of crazy things going on right now that are very disturbing, and sometimes mm-hmm. I just prefer to stay in my happy bubble and kind of do what I'm doing. How can we contribute from where we're at? Because this is so big. How how does a person figure any of this out? Well, that's a great question, and, and I think that's the question that's on a lot of people's mind when we hear the word justice. I mean, justice is a huge term, and when you see here global, you know, <laughs> that's a huge term. But what we want people to do is really uh, focus on things that are, matter to them, the things uh, that affect them, that they feel this sort of you know discontent about in a, in a passionate way, and utilize that for good. So it doesn't have to be having to you know join an organization or starting an organization. It could be something as simple as reading about the topic and learning about it and telling a friend about it and sharing that more widely. Um, So there's a lot of different ways that people can support, and I'll talk about that more in a moment, but to go back a little bit in terms of these topics and what we do. So Global, uh, as you described at the beginning of the program, we do a wide variety of different programming. So some of it is very information-oriented. We uh, have daily posts on our social media platforms and on our website um, that provides global news. We also share a wide variety of updates on different types of uh, topics as well as what different groups are doing on those topics. So that information is readily available. Students and professionals can go to our clearinghouse, for example, on our website and find over 24 different topics. And they can go into those topics and find out all this information about them. And that's what we want to do is be this resource, provide this information. On the other hand, in addition to the information, we also want to to play a role in helping equip people. So we teach courses. So I teach courses that are online, and sometimes I teach seminars and other types of things that are in other locations on the ground. So I travel some to be able to go to different locations and bring this knowledge base. So sometimes we'll take on a topic like, let's say, the refugee and immigrant uh, issue, or maybe it's about vulnerable populations or human trafficking. So whatever the topic may be, we can share that in a course format or we could do it as a guest lecture, and sometimes we're the featured presenter at various events around the country where we can go and talk about a topic that's being highlighted by that event. In addition, we host events. Um, We're here in Colorado, so we host events here uh, in our home state, but we also do it around the country where we bring events and collaborate with groups to talk about all sorts of different justice concerns. So an example that, um, you know, you mentioned women's issues. We're not a women's organization per se since we work on a wide variety of topics, but women's issues are very important to us because at the end of the day, human rights abuses disproportionately affect women 
across the globe, whether it's a developed country or a lesser developed country. So if you want to pursue human rights, you have to be concerned about women. So what we've been doing on that front is not only teaching about women's issues, you know, we do presentations for groups, we do uh, classes for uh, schools, but we also create gatherings. So last fall we did something called Women Empowering Women, and it was a collaboration with other women's organizations, and we brought women leaders together from all sorts of different fields, education and technology and um, advocacy, and had a dialogue and a conversation where they can talk about these issues and how they were empowered to pursue those issues and how we can empower the community better. So that's one example of something. Uh, uh, you mentioned D.C. I was just in D.C. for a different type of event called uh, the Women's Forum. That is something that was presented by Georgetown University, my alma mater. And it was a gathering of 500 women leaders, and we covered a wide variety of topics. Um, wow. And it was really about how women can improve the status of women and how we can support one another in that effort. And also recognizing that women can't do this alone. We have to do this in partnership with men, and that's the case for all human rights concerns. And so that's kind of what I do and why I, I travel is that you know we do a lot online, provide a lot of resources online, but it's really important to have the personal interaction on many of these important topics. Well, it's interesting, a couple of the things that stood out to me. Um, I had the privilege of sitting in on an educational talk that SOSIMA did about women around the globe and where they could freely own property and where there were some restrictions and where they could not, um, Where how much money women had and where they can freely participate in typically male-oriented professions such as science or math. And I, it bothered me because I've always lived in a university town. So having that experience and due to my parents, I never heard you can't do that or women can't mm -hmm. do that. And many of my associates are, you know, it doesn't matter if they're well-educated or not. They're well-informed. They're, they're part of the community. So it really bothered me that the percentage was so low today in the United States and also women's earning potential because there's these conflicting numbers. It's like in 2020, women will own two-thirds of our country's wealth, yet we're still making 80 cents to the dollar. So I found a lot of conflict in what you shared, and a lot of it just because I wanted to stick my fingers in my ears and go, la, 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 I don't want to hear this. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it you bothers know, me. <laughs> there, it's, uh, uh, <laughs> Certainly. And it bothers me. It bothers everyone, you know, but the issue is, you know, what you asked earlier, what do we do about it? One of the reasons why we share about issues is not just to make people uncomfortable. You know, obviously when we hear about these very difficult topics, you know, one of the stats that you were referring to is that, you know, only 20% of women globally, you know, this is around the world, you know, across all these different countries, only 20% have free and completely clear access to property rights, you know, to own property and to, you know, retain property. That's a staggeringly low figure when you think about how many women are in yes. the world. Um, but those, those kinds of stats, while they bother us, what we also have to do is realize that this is a starting point for us to get to work. Um, we, you and I and others like us who have, you know, had the opportunities for education and professional opportunities and family, um, we have benefited from people prior to us 
who didn't have all those things and life wasn't as, as available to them in terms of opportunity and they had to work through that which allowed us now to benefit from these opportunities. So in a sense, we have the same kind of responsibility at this point in time to help others who are not quite as far along in that journey. So perhaps here in our country we have certain rights that maybe others in another country don't. Um, we can't take our rights for granted, but at the same time we have to recognize that these other countries can't you know, attain their rights without some supports and assistance. So that's where we start. And so we have to start putting all of our heads together and say, okay, well, what can we all bring to the table? And as we talked about earlier, these are really difficult topics. These are not things that we get resolved quickly or even in our lifetime. And no one has the magic bullet. Nobody knows how to do this. So we have to do a collective review of this topic or any of these topics and then a collective um, participation in it. So if someone's gift is art, perhaps they can use art to start sharing about these topics with the communities that appreciate art. Um, if it's someone who is really knowledgeable in technology, well, you know, human traffickers use technology as well. So couldn't we come up with ways to address that technology to, for good? Um, so there's a wide variety of things like that. But what I would challenge people to do is to sort of learn first. You know, we all have to be students all the time. You know, you don't stop being a student. So we all have to learn what we can about issues. And then we need to start seeing which issues really resonate for us individually. You know, is there a topic that just really bothers you, that, that, that what we call a holy discontent, if you will. So if mm -hmm. you have that, then, then what is it that you're being prompted to do? And what do you have in your toolbox to offer to addressing that issue. And as I mentioned, sometimes for some people it could be starting an organization or working with an advocacy group, but for others it could be other creative and even smaller scale things that can make a really big impact collectively and over time. Great. So, Sama, this is perfect time um, to go into our second commercial break. You are listening to Golden Alignment with Dr. Beth Golden and my guest today, Sosama Samuel Barnett. Um, Sosama is talking about global justice and how big and overwhelming it can be and distilling it down to where we can serve and where we can begin. So on the other side of the commercial break, we're going to be talking about some things both within the United States that are going on and that we can take care of, and because we are globally connected, how that can have ripple effects in other areas. So we will discuss that on the other side of this commercial break. Do you want to create change in your life based on your values? Do you want to love this experience we call life because you are living in alignment with your soul's calling? Do you want to expand your relationship with abundance and move from surviving to thriving? By tuning into Inspired Choices radio show, Golden Alignment with Dr. Beth Golden, you'll receive tools and inspiration you can use to do just that. You'll be amazed by your golden health, wealth, love, and magical opportunities. Listen for the Golden Alignment radio show every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 1 p.m. Central, 12 p.m. Mountain, and 11 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Welcome back to the Inspired Choices radio show, Golden Alignment, with Dr. Beth Golden. To participate in this program, please call U.S. 815-880-8255, Canada 613-800-8736, or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. 
You may also choose to comment by email by going to www.drbethgolden.com. Now back to Golden Alignment with Dr. Beth Golden. Welcome back. You are listening to Golden Alignment with myself, Dr. Beth Golden, and my special guest today, Sosama Samuel Barnett. I am an inspirational speaker and a coach, and I work with people who are going through a lot of change or rapid change and who typically can hold it together and all of a sudden finding themselves saying, I need help and I really don't know where to turn. We really focus on remembering who you truly are and regaining the knowledge that you're a one-time miracle and are extremely important in this time and place called now and helping you to realign um, with your soul's calling. And Sosimo was talking about that before our break. What is it that causes us, you know, that righteous indignation? And that's not right, and I need to do something about it, and how can I get involved? So we're going to pick that up. Um, the Dalai Lama in 2009 said, the Western woman will change the world. And part of that is because we do have property rights and we have voting rights and we have the opportunity to earn an income. And as in the, the justice balances, women also are it can be in extreme poverty in our country, uh, single parenting and earning minimum wage and trying to hold families together. Um, Sosama had mentioned in her talk that there is a lot of physical abuse in our country. So how do we do this where we're taking care of the people within our neighborhoods where we can give them a hand and, and help them come up and be better? And yet we are globally attached. We have the Internet. We have the news. We have all these images. And it's a big question. I don't know if you have the well, answer. I, like, <laughs> I don't know if I have the answer, but maybe an answer is I like to think about <laughs> these topics in sort of concentric circles. You know, um, So if you think about sort of the center of the, the target, that center is is you, and it's your um, beliefs, it's it's your uh, passions, it's your gifts, it's it's, and then going out from that is is those that you touch with those things. You know, obviously starting with your family, friends, uh, community, and you just keep working outward from there. And different people are going to be in different places in those concentric circles. For some people, the most important thing that they can do, and maybe the only thing they can do, is going to be in that most immediate target of, of having to work on themselves and those immediately around them. And that's good, and that's actually great if that's where you need to be. Um, taking care of a child, taking care of your work, taking care of a loved one um, is extremely important in this larger cause of justice. And then for others, they may be able to go out a little further, you know, maybe informing a broader community of people, maybe engaging with them in different types of initiatives. And you just keep working your way out. And the goal would be to, to continue to stretch yourself beyond each circle into this next circle. And that's where we start to have influence, and that's where you start to have change. So if you just kind of imagine that image in your mind and then think about having multiple people kind of resonating out like that with these concerns and with these um, efforts, 
that's how change happens. You know, change is not uh, linear and it's not necessarily something that happens in a, in a regular way. I always say that collaboration, for example, has to be something that is very uh, initiated. It doesn't happen naturally. So some of these other things also don't happen naturally. But if we can start working in those terms, we'll start having some overlap with one another where we find places and spaces to work on issues. So an example of that is um, I mentioned human trafficking. You know, for a lot of people, that topic um, or that term was very foreign until you know a few years ago when it started to become a much more normalized term when people started to hear this. That uh, issue of human traffic is now considered you know, number two or number three worst crime in the world. Uh, it's a multi, multi-billion wow. dollar industry. Um, and I don't know if people always understand the, sort of the scale of it. Uh, just sex trafficking alone, and I don't mean to say just in, in a light term, just that alone is about half of the trafficking that happens in the globe. And so think about that, how many people that might mean that are being abused um, all over. And that issue is not just somewhere in a foreign country, it's right here in our own communities. So everyone can be affected by that particular topic. You know, it could be somebody's uh, neighbor or somebody's child. Uh, so it's really important that we start understanding that topic, the scale of it, the impact of it, how it's affecting you know, individuals and communities, and start engaging with that topic as a community. Uh, I mentioned you know, about the human trafficker using technology. Well, we need those technology people to create new and better innovations to address this issue. We need people who are artists um, to depict this. Uh, we have a great friend, Shane Grammer, who um, you know, does all this you know, public performance art, and he dedicates it to raising awareness on this issue of sex trafficking. There are people who are going to be educators, who are going to be sharing information about this. And there are others that are counselors and uh, psychiatrists and psychologists who are going to be able to offer all sorts of different ways for healing and supports for people who want to you know, become part of the community again after they've been victimized. So these are all examples of how the community can come together over a very large issue. Now, this issue continues. This issue is is you know continuing to cause challenges to the globe, but there are more and more people now aware and engaged, righteously indignant about it, and actually taking action. Well, I agree. I it sounds interesting to put it in these terms, but I had the opportunity to counsel with girls who had been rescued from sex trafficking, and initially I thought, oh my God, but because you're there specifically for that, you can attack those issues head on and just have very frank discussions. And a lot of it is they're not happy at home or in school. And as you were saying with technology, someone poses as a younger man. There's sex trafficking for young guys as well. And they start a conversation and this young person falls in love with them and trusts them and goes and meets them. And at first they're very, very nice. And then all of a sudden you are being trafficked or used uh, you know, multiple times a day for their profit, obviously not your own. It is a huge mm -hmm. issue. I, it's a huge issue in our community, which can be shocking because we live in a fairly affluent environment, again, with schools and technology, jobs, etc. And people don't believe that happens. But where Colorado is in a state where 
they can ship people to other you know states very quickly. So it's a a hub, and any big cities are hubs as well. Absolutely, um, you know, and that's just a reminder to us that that topic is not just out there; it's right here. And as you mentioned, you know, Denver and in Colorado in general is a transit point for a lot of things, and uh, human trafficking is one of them. You know, I would want to highlight one organization that I'm, you know, very involved in, which is Agape International Mission, and they've been working on these issues for many, many years. Don Bridget Brewster heads that up, and I have the privilege of serving as chair of their board. And what I have, would encourage people to do is get to know groups like AIM and other organizations here locally to learn more about that topic. You know, that's the starting point. You know, go to their websites, learn what they do and why they do it, and then that might be a prompt then for what we might do to help support those organizations. Now, would you repeat, is it Agape International? Is that the name of the organization? Agape International Mission. Uh, yes, they work in the U.S. Okay. and also in Cambodia. Cambodia is considered one of the, the worst regions for uh, sex trafficking in particular, but also human trafficking more broadly. But as I mentioned, there's many also here uh, throughout Colorado, throughout the country. So uh, it's really just a matter of doing a search and seeing who is out there and then or coming to our website. That's what Global provides as a resource to the community is to go and look up the groups that we partner with or that we feature so that you can get to know the work that they do. And they do it in lots of different ways. Some are groups that do advocacy. Mm -hmm. Some are groups that provide services. Um, other groups provide um, other types of vehicles for supports. Um, and so those are all ways for you to sort of look into how you might engage with one of these groups. Well, thank you. I was—I always take notes as we're talking, and you were saying that there are all kinds of injustices, and quite frankly, women may endure more than men, and yet we need to collaborate with men. So I'm going to say something that has a flip side. There are great, mm. loving, compassionate, well-informed and well-placed men who can certainly support and do. But it's interesting that often these injustices are at the hands of a man. So mm -hmm. it's just a numbers thing. You're, you're connecting with the people who can help. <laughs> and are, are the men mm -hmm. um, providing education for other men to help enlighten them or hopefully change? A lot of times it's a familial thing. It's a generational and cultural concept. So can take time to change as well. Yes, yes, and you've hit a lot of very important points. Uh, we have been in a predominantly paternal system globally uh, and for you know, as long mm -hmm. as we can imagine. Um, most of the people that have been in leadership throughout the ages have been men. And not to say that every man that has ever led has been problematic, but there have been many men that have been problematic in their leadership and in their policies. But we're at a place now where we are at least starting to become aware enough of these systems and these paternal sort of um, structures that we can start making changes, um, changes that are constructive. And I want to reinforce this idea that you know men are not the problem, but men are part of a system of problems. And we need to start working on them as much as we work on women. You know, so it means, one, mm -hmm. informing and engaging men that are uh, seasoned leaders and are in these power structures to engage differently and to engage in a way that will make a, a broader and bigger and better impact um, for everyone and not just women. 
And then we need to raise up a generation of strong men. Um, I am a mom of, of a son. I want to raise him up to be the strongest man that he can be, but strong man and the definition of that might be different for his generation than it would be in a previous generation. For him, a strong man may be right. someone who is knowledgeable and compassionate and someone who uh, treats people fairly and someone who is going to act in a right way no matter what gender, uh, racial background, culture, etc. And so I think we have an opportunity right now to work with both sets of men, you know, the emerging leaders as well as existing leaders, and to do um, better in our engagement with them just as we want them to do better in what they're, what they're doing in their leadership roles. Great. Um, we're going to go into our third and final break. You are listening to Golden Alignment with myself, Dr. Beth Golden, and my fabulous and passionate guest, uh, Sosama Samuel Barnett, who is really bridging and making this information tangible to us and bringing it to us and continuing bringing these topics forward. So we will uh, continue this discussion, and on the other side of this commercial break, Sosama will remind you of how you can contact her for speaking opportunities or if you have questions and concerns. So we will be going into our third and final commercial break. Do you want to create change in your life based on your values? Do you want to love this experience we call life because you are living in alignment with your soul's calling? Do you want to expand your relationship with abundance and move from surviving to thriving? By tuning into Inspired Choices Radio Show, Golden Alignment with Dr. Beth Golden, you'll receive tools and inspiration you can use to do just that. You'll be amazed by your golden health, wealth, love, and magical opportunities. Listen for the Golden Alignment Radio Show every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 1 p.m. Central, 12 p.m. Mountain, and 11 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Welcome back to the Inspired Choices Radio Show, Golden Alignment, with Dr. Beth Golden. To participate in this program, please call U.S. 815-880-8255, Canada 613-800-8736, or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You may also choose to comment by email by going to www.drbethgolden.com. Now back to Golden Alignment with Dr. Beth Golden. Welcome back. You are listening to Golden Alignment with myself, Dr. Beth Golden, and my guest, Sosama Samuel Burnett, who is the founder and CEO of the nonprofit Global Justice. I am an inspirational speaker and coach, and I work with people who are going through a lot of change and, you know, just Discomfort can precipitate change, and then change makes us uncomfortable, and life is all about change. So I really help you gain some personal knowledge, clarity, and confidence so that you can go out in the world and magnetize more money, serve more people, and use your gifts and talents to thrive. Um, Sosama has been sharing with us fabulous information about huge events <laughs> in our world and in our community. And she does it with compassion and 
calmness and patience with a lot of questions. Um, so, Sama, we have maybe about five minutes. Um, so I'm going to, is there something in particular you'd like to highlight and share how people can contact you for information? Well, certainly. Um, first of all, I'd welcome anyone that's listened to the show to, to visit us on our website, and I'm sure you'll be providing that online as well, but it is just www.globaljusticeonline.org. Um, it's a great and wonderful resource for a wide variety of people, whether you've never touched this topic of justice or whether this is your call and you do this daily, we want people to come and check out what we're all about and the resources that are available. Um, secondly, we do work with a wide variety of organizations and education institutions, so we'd love you to take a look at these groups, and if there are events, uh, if there are other initiatives and opportunities for you to engage in, uh, we encourage that. We'd love you to support these events. Uh, this week, for example, um, the Christian Alliance for Orphans, which is a group that we are partnering with, has uh, a summit that's down in Dallas. Uh, there are events like that happening throughout the, the country and throughout the year. So I engage them. And then for us, we have a number of different events going on, but I'd like to highlight one of them, which is we have uh, something called Global for India. As I mentioned, I'm originally from India. But India is a country of particular concern for us because it is um, one of the most populated countries in the world, and it has always been um, uh, the largest dem democracy. And recently, there have been a lot of threats to that democracy, particularly in different types of oppression and also religious persecution. So we have been working with a group there called India mission and our plan is to do a whole series of trainings for advocates in country in four different sites um, and they're advocates that come from lots of different sectors and backgrounds but we're trying to help them with information and resources to really take back their country and um, to give them a chance to really promote human rights throughout India so I'm passionate about that particular project not only because of my personal you know background and, and culture but also because I think India is important to the world and uh, and we all need to be concerned about that region. So those are some of the highlights, and I can certainly share others as, as time permits. Well, thank you. And yes, India is very important and huge in population. And as you are well aware, there are always certain human injustices in every country. And you know, creating an awareness and the ability to change. India produces some of our greatest scholars and innovators, and so we want to make sure that that continues. Hmm. So I am just trying to think of a good way to kind of tie this up in a bow. So what I've heard is <laughs> if, we are, if something is like really bugging you and you feel this righteous indignation, do some research and see how you can get involved. Uh, you can do that locally. You can also go to globaljusticeonline.org. And as Sosima said, that they have um, 24 different topics, and that can be the first step in finding those things out. And being grateful for where you are and what you have and how you might serve. Some people are able to provide financially, um, and with their time, other people use their time and talents, and every bit of that is needed in our community and communities throughout the country and our world. And I think a really good thing also is to look around your community. Do you contribute to the food bank? You know, is there something we can do to help single mothers? There's organizations in our community that cater 
to helping women achieve their educational goals, their higher educational goals, and help women pay for daycare costs. Because once they're mm-hmm. working, the government will not allow them subsidies for daycare. So we have about three minutes. Do you have any more to add to that? You know, I think all of those things that you mentioned are extremely important and useful and practical. And that's another part that, you know, we can emphasize that there are just practical things you can do. You know, you can, if you knit, you can knit things, you know, and help people who maybe Mm -hmm. don't have, you know, socks or mittens or gloves, you know. And that that type of thing is really uh, important to to emphasize, too, just finding what works. But I want to maybe close with this idea that, you know, I'm this person that is, you know, originally an immigrant. Um, I'm a person of color. I come from a different place. And yet, this is my home, and this is my um, my my nationality. Um, this is also a place where I have you know met my husband and raised my kids, and so it matters to me what we do here in the United States just as much as what we do around the around the globe. And so, when I want to close with is this idea that global is not just international; it's it's wider than that. You know, it it goes across different people and different opportunities. Um, and you know, whether it's in our community or across the globe, we have opportunity to use what we have and use the context we have to fulfill our passions while at the same time pursuing justice. Yes. Thank you so much. I, I can really appreciate uh, Sosima when she was giving a presentation and was looking around the room and talking about how when you are in a big group of people, you see people of different color and different eye shapes and we truly are a melting pot and we need to love and honor our differences and not be afraid of them and moving out of ignorance because it reminds me of Dr. Seuss's The Sneetches on the Beaches and, you know, and the fabulous mm-hmm. star on star off machine because if you have the star, you're popular and then so all the ones without it and it just went back and forth and it, it makes it silly and simplified, but we do that. We, we are very, can be very judgmental as a race. And so I think it all comes back to loving who you are, honoring who you are and those around you, um, giving from a full heart, switching your focus to understanding and being a place of love, joy, peace, and gratitude, and how that actually plays out in your life. And you don't have to try to do anything to do there, but just to um, raise your awareness. And you will find initially that you're frustrated because you realize how much you aren't there. And then as you continue to focus, you can make changes in your personal life and in your community that will support both yourself and the whole in a beautiful way. We are close to the end of Golden Alignment today. I am your host, Dr. Beth Golden. It is always a pleasure to serve and to bring enlightening discussions with our wonderful guests. Thank you for choosing to listen to Golden Alignment. Dr. Beth Golden will return next Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 1 p.m. Central, 12 p.m. Mountain, and 11 a.m. Pacific on InspireChoicesNetwork.com. We hope you'll join us. Until then, enjoy playing in that golden space where health, wealth,